0: Hey guys, we are live. This is Jennifer from The Shooter's Mindset. We're live with episode 367. Got our co-host here, Greg Cannon. How's it going tonight? Hey everyone. <laughs> Sorry, it's not the run, i promise. That was after SHOT Show. Uh, so I'm good now. <laughs> our guests of the hour, cause nobody really wants to hear me and Greg talk. Um, we've got Brad Wright and Nick Kitlica from Loophold. How's it going guys?
1: Going great. Super well. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, go ahead and jump in. And uh, I want to start out with Nick and Brad. I want you each to, um, one at a time, not at the same time. Uh, For anybody that's unfamiliar with you, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the shooting world, as well as how you got into your roles uh, that you currently have at Loopold.
1: I'll go first. I'll pull seniority on Brad since I've been here longer. Uh, let's see. I've I've been working at Loophole for 15 years now, so uh, it's funny I didn't actually grow up hunting or shooting or doing anything like that. Um, graduated college and just had a buddy that I um, was my roommate, and he got an entry level job here. I didn't like the job I had, so I was like, oh, "Yeah, I'll try it." So I just got an entry level position down the warranty uh, department, and which was a cool way to learn about the company because. I could see all the different types of product coming in uh, into the warranty area. Uh, The scopes, the binos, uh, spotting scopes, everything in between. So I did that for a couple of years. And uh, then I started working in the custom shop when the custom shop kind of first started and started taking off. I did that for a few years. Then I went to the sales department, came back, and ran the custom shop for a number of years. Uh, then went to the marketing department, um, writing some copy and doing some uh, stuff like that, some creative stuff, uh, photos. And now I'm the uh, shooting sports marketing manager. in. Uh, so I've, I've kind of worked multiple places within the company. Um, that's I, I get to do the tours here because I know the manufacturing side and the, the sales side and all the different stuff. So.
0: So you could
1: basically, like, just run the company now. I, no, 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 definitely- no. Don't stick me over in accounting where I have to do numbers and stuff like that. <laughs> you don't want me doing that. Uh, no, it's uh, it You know, it, it takes a huge team. I mean, we have over 700 employees. So, um, <laughs> But uh, uh, I am collecting as many jobs as I can throughout my career here, so we'll see how many more I, I, I go with. And then, uh, let's see, I started shooting precision rifle probably three and a half years ago. Um, it's just, uh, I, I went to a couple matches that we sponsored and just to check it out. And I I got hooked after that. Uh, I've been shooting pistol and carbine and stuff like that, but, uh, got, got really hooked on the long range stuff and that's kind of my focus now. So let, let Brad chime in here. Yeah.
2: So, uh, I guess I came around to Loopold in a unconventional, conventional, or I don't know, conventional way, but, uh, so I was in sales outside the industry for for years. Um, always been in outside sales, um, and actually met up with Nick uh, just by happenstance at Gap
1: Grinds. What was that like? Nineteen? Nineteen, I think we were squatted together.
2: Yeah, twenty. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we were we were squatted together and um, didn't even know we worked for Loophole. And sat down. We got backed up on a stage and started talking and sharing some war stories, and then uh i was like so so what do you do I, I ended up telling him you know what i was doing and said you know you know what do you do he's like oh, i work for Loopold, and i was like what is that that's a thing like you could you can like do this for like a living you know and uh so anyway we we just started talking and and with my sales background and he's like hey you know funny thing we're getting rid of the uh or they're taking making a transition from the uh, uh rep group that that handled loophole cross country to having all in-house sales reps and it just so happened that the, you know, the uh, job posting was basically the next day and I applied and st- the planets aligned and I'm here. So um, super, super lucky. I don't know how I, how I got this lucky, but uh, that's basically how I ended up looping. I cover Tennessee and Kentucky uh, just dealing with all our dealers and our authorized uh, retailers. And then um, lucky enough that Nick lets me, uh, you know, carry his luggage every once in a while at some of these matches and you know, I help out with the PRS stuff. And, uh, it's been super fun so uh, that's kind of where my heart is with the PRS I
0: started mm,
2: I don't know probably probably three and a half years ago um, but I took a couple classes at KM before that and, and so on and um, yeah I just love it I, I wish I could shoot so.
0: I keep trying to find which gun company needs a nurse and nobody's big yet a nurse that has <laughs> experience in regulatory affairs. I mean, Never
3: there know. are no people that need uh, regulations people, though.
0: I can handle regulatory bodies. I do it like on a regular basis. So. There you
1: go. I think that's transferable. So
0: yeah.
1: I think yeah. that's- you could take on the management. ATF.
0: I have management under my belt, regulatory affairs. I'm a nurse. So if you die, I can save your life. I mean, I think it's useful.
2: Nick will write you a, a rec. It'll be great.
1: Yep. Nobody's,
0: uh, nobody's <laughs> biting on it.
1: <laughs> we just got a squad together at a match and then, then you're in. So uh, apparently then, that's uh, the way it works. Yeah,
2: Nick just became the most popular person at every <laughs> match. Because <laughs> yeah, that's how you get a job at Loophole. Just yeah. squad with Nick, he'll, he'll take care of you. And the just practicing.
0: blew up.
1: are <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: he's our way in. We need to message him.
1: Uh, mm. Everybody. It's funny
0: whenever a post goes up from a company uh that is looking for someone like all the comments immediate it's pretty quick it's kind of funny but I think it's funny uh Nick that you started working there before you started shooting because I think we all think like oh they work for so-and-so they're a shooter and everybody in all the companies is not shooters I think the people that are like developing uh, most of them are because they want shooter input for doing it but a lot of the people that, that are, you know, for working for companies don't necessarily shoot and they get introduced to shooting through the work. I've seen a lot of uh, vendors have uh, at Gap Grind, they have the 419. Mm-hmm. So I think it's cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, we got 700 people. So if, if you work in a sales or marketing capacity, you definitely have to be a shooter and be into it. But, you know, if you're working down in assembly or on the shop floor, or, you know, a lot of those people don't, you know, have don't have a context for what they're doing. They're not into the shooting part of it. So um, but uh, for me, I, I grew up playing every sport and was super competitive. And I skated and snowboarded. And, and Yeah, I don't know. It just like it just melded into what I like to do. And I'm, I'm mechanical. I like building stuff. So the first gun I got, I just I got a 1022 and tore it apart and then built it back up with custom parts because I wanted to see how it worked and then that was just the snowball effect from there, so, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's funny. Y'all are getting all kinds of love in the comments section on the live feed on Facebook, by the way. Oh, awesome. Cool. Craig, I don't know if you want to hit any of them. There's been a bunch of.
2: We love our loophole family, so we appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, when, when I started shooting precision rifle three and a half years ago, that, to me, the the community was the biggest thing that stood out, just like, the The people who came to the match and like everyone who's like super, and you, I take it with a grain of salt because like I'm there for loopholes obviously, and they're probably going to be nicer to me. But I would I would witness people being nice to just new shooters showing up, giving them gear, uh, being super you know inclusive. Uh, it's just the community is really what makes this uh, uh, different than other things. So yeah, that's cool.
3: So over in the comments section, we got Swanee saying hi all, Chad saying my fam. Ashley Wink saying, Hey y'all. Uh, Swanee quoting Jen, If you die, I can save your life. <laughs> uh, nice. Adam Lamberger said, Thanks for all you do for the sport. Leopold has a stack of product on the MDT Bomber Room prize table. It was epic. Francis said, Nick and Brad, Hey dudes. Aaron Hip said, Your sunglasses are all I wear now.
0: Those were awesome.
3: Those, gla- so. Like I'm kind of a sunglass knob. Like I've been wearing the same sunglasses for the last decade. And I put those things on when I when I tried some on. And I was like, holy, these are nice. So they are super awesome sunglasses. Uh Kenneth James said, looking forward to running a Mark V this season. Randy said, Sup, Greg. What's up, Randy? Um Chad says Nick Nick plays the drums too. You play the drums too. You do everything.
1: Yeah, I played the drums, I played the drums in high school in some bands and then I didn't for a while and I, I 5 years ago I bought a set and started playing again. So, just a good way to relieve stress and yeah. So, I I got a lot of other interests, yeah. So, <laughs> too I many mean, hobbies. I I've
0: always wanted to learn drumming because you get to beat things and no one looks at you weird for it. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like a, if you if you're frustrated from a day, day at work and come home, that's a, it's a good uh good way to relieve that. So,
0: I'm just thinking. I need to learn this.
1: There you go. You need a set for your office.
0: Yeah, I'd get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I would get fired. I just have a damn it doll for that. <laughs> y'all seen those? They're cute little dolls that you can beat on the ta- on the desk. Anyway, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Loopold and how they got their start and how it evolved to what it is today because it's kind of you know exploded and is now everywhere. So.
1: Yeah, it uh, we, we started in 1907. Uh, I don't know, what is that, 15, 16 years, something like that. Can't do math off the top of my head, but we've been around quite a while. Uh, we actually started off doing surveying equipment. Um, if you go and look at an old transit, surveying transit, it's actually a lot like a scope. Uh, it has a reticle in it and it focuses, and you know that's how they would plot out the lands back then. Um, so we we did that for a number of years. And we were the first ones on the West Coast to manufacture transits. And you know, when there was a lot of uh, building and industry starting up on you know, the West, uh, West Coast in the early 1900s. So that was super successful. We, we did a number of other things too, like other uh, instruments. One of the coolest ones we did was a water level measurement instrument. So um, back in the day, you would have to send someone out to the reservoir you know, to check the water levels, right? Uh, we developed this uh, system where you can monitor it over the telegraph wires. So there was a sensor in the in the water, then it went over the telegraph wires to the office, and then it printed out on like um, one of those, uh, looked like a uh, what, uh, the earthquake thing, seismic, whatever, you know. Yeah, it wrote it like that, like Greg did. So it wrote it out like that. So um, we had a bunch of inventions like that, uh, all the way up to, I would say, the 40s, early 40s um we started looking at scopes Uh, a lot of the people in the family uh hunted so um and going from transits and stuff like that the scopes was a natural transition Uh, the story goes that marcus leupold the son of fred leupold who founded it was out hunting and his scope fogged up and he was like super pissed and was like i can make a better scope than this i got the engineers let's do this so i think in 47 we came out with our first scope and then uh, it just it just took off from there. the The scope side was definitely smaller than the instrument side of the business up through the sixties and seventies, uh, but then you know, scope the scope just started to dominate. We sold off the instrument side of the business, and obviously, Loophole Optics, as you know today, that's that's all we do. So yeah, it's a it, it's a cool it's a cool history, and we're still family owned, fifth generation. Um, so that's that's really cool too to be able to work for uh, a great American family and company like
2: that and we still have family that works for the cup co- like actually works in the company so we had two yeah direct descendants of of mark's loophole, so yep yeah
1: yeah yeah they're they're actively involved we have a we have a family council that still conducts you know uh, quarterly you know business reviews and stuff like that aboard too so and i think the percentage of businesses that get to a fifth generation family-owned, I mean, it's like less than 1% or some some small percentage like that. So uh, we're, we feel pretty blessed.
0: That is crazy.
3: Yeah. So in, in the history of our entire show, and this is episode 300 and what?
0: 367.
3: 367. That is like the, the best where did your company come from
1: <laughs> we've ever, ever had. Well, now you're just being sweet and trying to, you're trying to.
0: (laughs) That is pretty neat history. I love, um, my daughter's a historic preservation major, and she loves history and how we became, you know, what we are as a people and what, you know, how things evolve and buildings and objects. But I always think it's very cool to look back at the old companies and how they evolved. And um, so y'all kind of evolved with the needs of, you know, what is out there. So it's kind of neat.
1: Yeah, it, it's really neat, and it's 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 awesome to work for a company that is an American manufacturer, too, and has always been an American manufacturer, so um, that's, that's a really special thing. Like, when you can take pride in the, you know, thing that came out of the factory downstairs, it's super cool. Mm-hmm.
0: My very favorite thing that y'all have ever done, and really that anybody has ever done, is when y'all chopped a scope in half and had it at the match, and mm-hmm. we could go over and pick it up. Because I think we all look at scopes and we're like, oh, cool. It has good glass. And we think about the glass being, you know, the front and the back the you know, glass that you can see and that you have to, you know, that fogs up and you have to clean. That's what I guess maybe I'm just naive. That's what I had always thought about. I knew there were things on the inside, but I never realized how extensive it was in there. And so they literally had a scope that they chopped it in half and had it laying there so you could pick it up and see all the different lenses that are inside um, and how they, you know, slightly bend to, right? Don't they slightly bend to change the-
1: Well, the the, the curvature of the lenses and they're moving closer together further apart from the magnification. And yeah, it's, it's seeing all that cool stuff on the inside because you're right, like you can take your rifle apart and you can see all the components and rifle technology really hasn't changed that much, right? like how they function but the scope is this magic thing that sits on there and you can't take it apart and see what's going on on the inside. So oh, I I, bet yeah, you I, what's that? I bet you I can. Oh, well, that's true. I, I just bet can't you put it you back can. together. Yeah. yeah,
0: you'd have to send it back into the repair shop.
1: <laughs> yeah. I get I just get a box full of parts with a sorry note in it from Greg. Told you I could <laughs> take it apart. Yeah. <laughs> I called you bluff. Uh, no, but I, I love taking that cutaway out because yeah, it just blows people people's minds how complicated it is
0: in there so i'm definitely a show me how it works kind of person so yeah
2: one of the cool things about that that cutaway and reason one of the reasons i take it to every match that it, so if i'm at a match and you want to see it and i don't have it out come ask me because I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to show it but it, it's all the fine little details and nick if you want to talk about like the the even the threading on on some of the like castle nuts holding the the lenses in and like some of the extent that we go to um to to produce that you know a mark 5 or or a vx6 or or whatever even down to the freedom and on how we make how we go into making each individual component to make it that lightweight and that rugged um there's a lot to it so
1: um yeah it's it's cool to see how the scopes are all threaded together we use um Threads to put everything together. We don't really use adhesives or anything like that because glue is going to fail at some point in time. And these these scopes are made for to last a lifetime, right? I mean, there's still loopholes out there on rifles being shot from the 50s and 60s. So everything's mechanically threaded together. That's why we can take them apart to work on them, put them back together, um, and, and that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's it's super. I I still geek out every time I see a cutaway of of the scope and just kind of blown away at the level of engineering that goes into it uh, downstairs, so.
0: And how thick some of the lenses are. I don't know that I realized just how, you know, thick even inside there are lenses that are much thicker than I.
1: Yeah, and that goes to our optical, um, we have an optical team, optical PhD engineers who they design all those optical prescriptions from the ground up. And yeah, some of them are doublets where it's two lenses glued together or, you know, a convex versus a concave, you know, different things, doing different stuff inside the scope, you know, to maximize that image coming into the scope to the shooter's eye.
0: So, you can get a PhD in optics.
1: You can. Yeah. You can. I mean, I,
0: I'm old. I could. I I could. Like <laughs> at <school now>. <laughs> yeah,
2: I no.
1: I did. This is why I'm in marketing and he's in sales because we, we, there we're was no chance up. in hell that we were getting PhDs and optical engineering
2: so yeah we're the we're the dumb guys in the in the company but that's... <laughs> but
0: no just say you're the fun guys
2: fun dumb <laughs> sure. uh, whatever
1: it's a fine line yeah.
2: when nick talks about uh you know our optical engineers you know they are our <laughs> optical engineers like in-house in our facility yeah. they're you know work for loophole so there's a lot of You know, same thing as like made in the U.S. There's a lot of made in the U.S. It's not actually made in the U.S. You know, it's assembled or whatever. When we speak about our engineers, they're they're loophole employees. So that's kind of what separates us a little bit and uh, what makes us unique.
0: That's awesome. So y'all have really kind of uh, been known as a hunting scope for a long time. Mm and then, well, I have one of you all scopes for three gun, but anyway, <laughs> y'all didn't know that, did you?
1: I did not. No.
0: Um, anyway, I actually won it off the prize table. It was amazing. But I um, when I shot three gun at the Lady Three Gun, because I think y'all supported that. But anyway, y'all have been kind of a, a force in the hunting industry with hunting scopes. And then a few years back, Y'all just kind of made a transition um, and refocused on precision rifle, and really kind of came out and exploded. You um, came out with the Mark Five HD, and now it's everywhere. It even I think that I think some little scruffy guy was running that at the AG Cup. Maybe he won. Um,
1: yeah, he might have won. I don't. He might've might've
0: won. I think he won the AG Cup. Yeah, he won. <laughs> with with you alls scope. <laughs> So what kind of made y'all transition over?
1: Um, j- just for some historical context, like we, we actually started making, we were the first manufacturer of a tactical scope, I would call it. Uh, that was in the 80s when, you know, even, you know, Vietnam era and, and, and early 80s, they, the military was still using hunting scopes on rifles, right? You think of the M40 or something like that. Um, and the army came to us and we we're like, they wanted us to build a, what they called a jump proof scope. Meaning I could jump out of an airplane with it. It was, you know, military grade. So our engineers went to work and came out with the, the ultra, which is actually the predecessor to the Mark series of scopes. If you can find an ultra scope out there, I will pay you good money for it. Cause <laughs> there's a 10 power, a fixed 10 power and a fixed 16 power. Those are beast of scopes. I mean, I, I, I I, uh, I would dare you to try to break one of those. Uh, anyways, predecessor to the Mark IV. Mark IV comes along. That's a number of years, you know, military contracts, huge number of them uh, all, all over the world. And then um, the Mark V is interesting because it came about in a different way than the, uh, its predecessors. So, you know, the Mark IV and stuff like that, we had taken military contracts and we had designed a scope specifically for that use. With the Mark V, we took those learnings and we made a scope that was not driven by a contract, but driven by what's it going to take to build the best scope for uh, precision shooting, um, you know, F-class stuff, and you know, is it still good enough for the military to use it? So that's what uh, that's how we landed on the Mark V, and funny enough, you know, we come out with it, and then the military is like, oh, that we we want that actually. So. Uh, It's won the Mark 22 contract. That's the new army uh, sniper rifle system with the Barrett MRAD. And the M110 refurb uh, is going from a Mark IV to a Mark V, uh, some other stuff in the works. So uh, it has been one of our most successful products we've come out with. And uh, uh, in seeing it flourish in the precision rifle uh, world, it really just brings a smile to my face. Because you would show up, again, like three and a half years ago when I started shooting, I'd do these matches and no one was shooting loophole. Uh, Maybe there was one guy and then everyone would feel sorry for him or something like that, but, (laughs) but now, now you show up and there are so many Mark fives on the line and uh, I'm just super happy. Uh, Yeah. Couldn't be happier. with it.
0: Well, Jose said that he, let me see, what was he said? He fell down a hill, rifle tumbled away, landed on my MK five, did not check zero, cleaned a stage at 500 yards of the 12 inch plate right after it. And then Aaron Hip I think, is taking it as a challenge and says that he breaks everything he touches.
1: <laughs> well, Aaron will get to try one out pretty quick here. He's going to do a review for us. So he can, he can beat it up and see if he can, uh, he can uh, get it to, to break. So
0: <laughs> They need to be durable, though. I mean, right. my first match ever at the Gap Grind, I was going up the stairs at k to that, you know, where the mover is, where the stairs are. And my mother did put me in ballet for a reason when I was a kid, because I was a klutz. Um, and I went, I fell and the gun went between the steps. I don't know how I did not break my scope in half, but.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, uh, they, they have to be able to be abused, right? You, you don't want to be able, you don't want to have to baby your gear, right? You don't want to have to be like, oh, I got to be real careful. I don't want this to, you know, that's the last thing you want to worry about. You wanna actually have to think about shooting the stage and, Everything you know, downrange. So yeah,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Chad didn't like that I said scruffy. I didn't say really <laughs> <be> short, <laughs> and I was joking, obviously, because Chad Heckler came in and rocked it at the AG Cup. Can't talk about him too much because what was he want? What was it that he wants to be called?
1: Was he the champ now?
0: AG Cup champ.
1: I think we just call him the champ. We're not supposed to say yeah.
0: Chad Heckler." We have to say "AG Cup Champ." Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep,
0: <laughs> with the loophole.
1: We should have had him. Brad and I were talking when we were at Sasha. we were like, we should have been the booth signing autographs, wearing the belt. With the belt, yes, just you the belt.
0: Have totally done it.
1: <laughs> we will next year. A little you bit more than work.
0: That, that. that was awesome. <laughs> were you about to say something, Greg?
3: Uh, I was just going to read Missy's comment. She said, uh, thanks to you guys for your support and commitment to our sport and specifically your additional um, contributions to support the Tanner Boy Home Sportsmanship Award at the Barrel Maker Maker Classic. It means so much to Ken and her. Um, And it went away.
2: Yeah. That was a a super awesome deal. Um, Tanner was a super awesome dude got to shoot with them, um, such a tragic loss to the community. And, uh, you know, we're, we're honored to to do that. And, um, that's always be a special place in our heart for that. And I, I'm not the, I'm not Nick, but I will say we'll, we'll be supporting that again this year. So, um, don't, don't worry about that.
1: You can put those words in my mouth. That's fine. Yep. No, we would definitely support that again. The the wheelers are some of the best people that you'll ever meet. So, yeah, absolutely. Yep.
0: They are. They are. <clears throat> Somebody asked a question about the difference in the two scopes, and now the comment scrolls. Yeah,
2: the question was uh, the difference between a Mark Five and a, a uh, VX Five, I
1: believe, if I got that right. You want to take that Next. one, Brad? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. I mean, so basically, the the big difference is the Mark Five is uh, a front focal plane scope, and and the VX Five is as a rear focal plane scope. Um, you know, there's a few different feature sets. Um, you know, turrets are different. Um, you know, you get a little bit more elevation travel out of the out of the Mark V. Um, it's also made to do a different task. You know, um, the the VX5 is 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 hunting uh, related or, or hunting focused, if you will. Um, so, you know, you're not looking at. I mean, while you can shoot that far, you're not looking at making 1200, 1400 yard shots all the way down to 100. Um, so you're not needing 35 mils of, of elevation travel, uh, necessarily. Um, so it's a different, it's just a different focus. Um, but the main difference is it's front focal versus rear focal. Um, that's, I guess the, the short story and different reticle options too.
1: Yeah. Your, your, your breakdown, the easy breakdown, if it has a gold ring, it's going to be optimized for hunting. If it's got a black ring, it's going to be optimized for shooting. Uh, so that's kind of how the line breaks out there.
0: That's awesome. Greg? Um, oh, I thought you were muted.
3: No, I, I wasn't sure if it was my turn or not. Sorry. Um, lots of lives coming in trying to go through those. Um, so is what you guys learned from the precision rifle shooters kind of transferring over to help you guys with the other scopes that you're making, whether it's hunting scopes or military scopes, something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, that's one of the things I love is going to the matches and talking to all the shooters. And, and you know, when I go, I, I shoot too, because I, I want to squad with some people and hang out for two days and listen to them, you know, what's working, what's not working. And that's part of my job here at Leupold is to take that information and feed it back to the product, uh, product line managers so that we can start, you know, we can make um, educated decisions when we're looking at features and, and new products and stuff like that. Uh, and then utilizing our pro team also. So they're a great resource uh, for, our, for the product team as well. Um, you know, it was, it was a small thing that we came out with this year, but like the, the speed dial, which Brad was initiated with some of the other team members, is just you know it's a Mark V elevation dial with big numbers on it, and that's just it's something shooters were asking for. They're like one, I want to be able to dial quick, uh, but two, you know, as you get older, your eyes uh, you know uh, have a harder time reading that smaller print on the dial. And some of the older shooters were like, "This is awesome because I don't have to run that stupid magnifier in front of the in front of the turret anymore, and I can see it." So um, just coming up with little little tweaks like that, little solutions. And um, yeah, it's getting feedback. I'm, I I always love getting feedback. I like hearing what we're doing wrong, right? Because that way we can fix you know uh, uh, fix things and make things better. So yeah.
2: And I think the other thing too that's driven from the precision rifle uh, world into the hunting world is you know front focal uh, scopes for for hunting. You know um, you know historically, loopold has been a, a complete second focal. You know. Um, scope for for hunting for the most part and you know you're seeing more of that transition and so you know that 3.6 to 18 um you know you're seeing more and more of that going on in the hunting world you know the nrl hunter it's it's doing really well there too so that's that's another thing you know we're looking at so you
3: guys are you know taking stuff from the from the matches and bringing it back home and then sharing it with everybody else are you, are you guys seeing a lot of other crossover stuff that you kind of see pop up one year and at a uh, at a rifle match and then the next year it's like oh you know they're talking about this at the big game expo or safari safari expo that's what it is yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely the crossover is huge i think and and becoming uh more apparent uh and especially with like brad said nrl hunter and uh, different events like that, people getting into the competition world and seeing that, you know, I I feel like shooting competitions is the best practice to be an effective hunter in the field. It kind of replicates that adrenaline going and, um, you know, building solid positions and shooting accurately, right? Which is key to hunting. So, and getting practice, Um, you know, uh, I would say historically, maybe hunters didn't practice as much and they're starting to realize this is a great opportunity to practice my skills get better and you'll start yeah i mean i've seen guys hunt and they're using you know um, um armageddon gear bags and they're using tripod rear support and all this stuff that's come from you know the, the, the shooting world and uh, i i think it's awesome and there's there's great uh you know and vice versa right and uh, some people get started shooting competition and want to get into hunting and then they got these guys at the, the uh, matches that they get to talk to about, you know, where to, where to go hunting, how to do this. So there's there's great cross-pollination between both sides of the house. Uh, for instance, just as a, a, as a cool thing the other day, um, Randy Newberg, he's one of our uh, professional hunters that we sponsor. Um, the, him and the Lilies, Mike, Lily, and Keely, um, they they met at a show and just started, they had like a three-hour conversation talking about hunting and shooting together. So it was, it was super cool to see.
2: And on on the sales side, you know, recently, um, we had a major, major retailer, you know, reach out to us, um, specific asking specifically about the precision rifle community and what we do and, and how we do it and why we do it. And, and so, and they, they, I think it's one of the reasons, you know, is that, uh, all the gear we use is, is abused and used. And just, it's, you know, it's, it's like tested to the nth degree. And so they, they look at it at at that highest standard and and they also see the community growing. Um, And so, you know, this retailer historically hasn't been, you know, focused in that. And they, they now look at us like to help them get into that, that market. So that's been really cool. There's been a lot of really cool things that have happened over the past year that, you know, really show this, this precision rifle community, you know, carrying over to different, you know, avenues in the business that typically we wouldn't see.
3: That is awesome to see that we're getting that level of recognition and, you know, people outside of our little niche community that's rapidly growing are are noticing our growth. That's, that's really cool to hear.
0: I think it has exploded. I mean, like y'all said, even down to the tripod use and game changer use, I think it's all really crossing over i think for a a while there was a curve of like oh they're just gamers using all that and then i think they started you know people started realizing like they're hitting a lot of targets that way (laughs) you know and trying some of the things and i think it's really cool to see our sport then impact other things um you know well even even in the military like
2: you know uh um, the guys at Twisted Barrel just did, uh, Greg and, and Billy Don just did a training. I think in November with the National Guard sniper team, and uh, I think they spent like two or three days with them. Showed them all kinds of stuff. Of course, they're like buying stuff on the line as they're showing them and all kinds of stuff. But uh, I think it was the first time that that they didn't have a single student or a single uh, sniper fail the class or fail the, the qual, if you will. So they had like a hundred percent after they took their class was 100%, you know, graduation rate, which is, it's pretty astounding.
3: That is pretty awesome. It, and it's funny, the the level of skill that just a little bit of competition will, will bring you to, um, you know, being a, at work and being known as the gun guy, um, you know, you get people coming up to you all the time with all these questions, you know, I, and but this year a lot, it's been, I need steel shot 20 gauge, where do I find that? A store um but you know i get a lot of a lot of hunters that you know they, they want to tell the gun guy about their awesome shot that they almost had and you know, it was a full 100 yards away and they just missed this buck i'm like i shoot targets 100 yards away with my pistol smaller than than that buck not very good but i could do it um
1: but yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that's the importance of, of the community too. And that's one, one reason, you know, that I advocated when we started going to these matches, you know, they're like, well, you know, sometimes there's only hundred people or 200 people. I'm like, yeah, but these, the, those 200 people are influential in their own circles, right? You're the young guy at work. And now everyone asks you about your opinion on gear and what you run, right? That doesn't mean they're ever gonna shoot a match or ever get into it like you're into it, but they know, that oh because he shoots these matches he's he's pretty spun up on what what gear to use what's good what isn't good what i should use that kind of stuff so uh, it definitely spreads out to a larger audience for sure
3: exactly and you know when you go to the match and you know you get like free hats and stuff like that and then you know you're just like in walmart and people are like oh you like guns?" I, i was in Lowe's like a couple weeks ago and i ended up nicest guy in the world i was in the plumbing aisle for like 45 minutes because he saw my hat and we started we started talking and awesome um but yeah i just wish some of these guys that are you know just missing their buck at 100 yards with a freaking 300 win mag would you know even come out to my little 22 match just come out to one match and let me let me like give you a little bit of something on how to how to shoot
1: it's, uh, shooting's a perishable skill, right? I can't, uh, I can't go out and start shooting three pointers and draining them, you know, if I didn't practice it. So it's, uh, it's kind of the same thing.
0: It is, but I'm also amazed at how many people think that they can't, like, they're like, oh my gosh, you shoot out the 1200 yards. Like I could never do that. And I'm like, yeah, you could, if you came and laid down behind my rifle that I set up for you, like, that's the easy part, you know, And people are just so fascinated that we can do it. And I'm like, but the equipment anymore is so good. I mean, yeah, you might not be able to with, you know, iron sights or, you know, a gun that's not built for that. But with our equipment, um, it's always fun to take a new shooter out that thinks that they can't and put them behind a gun and let them hit a thousand yards for the first time. And they're like, wow that and it's easier than they think right now then they get into matches and the time crunch and position changes and all that and it's a different story but I mean just the amount of people that think they could never hit something you know an ipsic at a thousand yards they think that's impossible and I'm like no it's really not I promise you you with a little help we can teach you to do it very easily um it's fun to see to me
1: Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's fun to see new shooters light up when they hit something like that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one of the best things.
3: Yep. Um, so that kind of brings me into our, the next question I was going to ask. And I ask pretty much everybody that comes on this podcast this question. So I'm a big 22 shooter. And, you know, that's kind of exploding right now um, with the NRL-22, PRS rimfire, um, and all these other things. Are you guys looking into that market and you know, do you think we might see something that's all of a sudden gonna show up on the top of rimfire rifles like the Mark V is on centerfire rifles?
1: Uh, we don't have anything coming in the semi near future, so I don't wanna promise anything, but we, are, we, are, we do talk about it a lot. The Mark V actually works really, really well for rimfire. I know um, one of the, the drags on it is on the parallax, the side focus, uh it 75 is the lowest and you know most competitors want to be able to get down to 25 or so uh the mark 5 does have over travel on it you can actually parallax down to about 40 yards um i know one of our pro shooters levi who's one of brad's buddies uh has won a ton of 22 matches uh shooting shooting a mark 5 so um it actually works really well for that but we are we are listening to feedback and, and taking some things into consideration and saying what is the next you know iteration of this look like. So
3: yeah. Yeah, don't no, don't forget about don't forget about us rim fire shooters.
1: No, it's I, the rim fire is awesome because I mean that's how a lot of kids get involved in shooting with families and it's it's uh, it's kind of a lower pressure, you know, and lower barrier to entry sometimes in the, the center fire stuff. And it's it's more prevalent, right? Because you don't need a thousand yards, twelve hundred yards. You know, you can have 250, 200 yards, and make a, a a difficult course of fire. So,
2: and it's big internationally. I mean, it's it's yeah. also a thing. You know, talking with some of our international partners, you know, about that's that's taken off. You know, um, it's definitely it's definitely something that uh, that we continue to look at. You know, but like at this point, you know, um, you can slap a Mark Five on there and and be just fine um Levi certainly doesn't have a problem with it
1: <laughs> boy can shoot
2: that boy can shoot <laughs> apprentice just
3: commented and he said that they have five mark fives on their loaners at their rimfire match and that's one of my favorite things about it like I love you know being able to invite people to come shoot when I was shooting pistol I literally you know I had plenty of pistols and I put together a bunch of extra belt stuff and it's like here, here here's what you need to come shoot a pistol match. Yeah. Yeah. for a fire match where your barrel's going to last a thousand rounds or two thousand rounds like it's a little bit you got to think about that before you say here take this and go shoot but with rim fire, i have three and a half almost four complete rim fire setups and you know when i when i run my match i advertise you know free loader rifles you know either give me a couple bucks for ammo or bring your own and you know i can say here's a gun here's your dope card if you don't know what that is okay let me explain it to you but you know <laughs> all
1: ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah, you and you and Prentice. Prentice does a great job of that too and gets a lot of new shooters into the sport that way. So that's a, that's a huge asset to the community. Yeah, he
0: said I think it. 22 blew up this past year too with all the ammo shortages. And yep. I mean, it was just easier to go shoot 22. You know, barrel life is better. You know, you didn't have to try and find powder. You just had to find some 22 ammo. So I think it really... I think it really blew up and a lot of people tried it that had not, they were like, eh, and then they couldn't get components. So they were like, well, all right, I'll go shoot this match. And then they were like, that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's going to continue to just bloom and grow.
1: Agreed. Yep. So, so this
0: is the point, oh, go ahead.
3: Oh, um, we're at about the midpoint of the show. So I just wanted to kind of remind everybody, you know, if you're, if you're hearing me now, you're watching us live on Facebook. Um, This is going to stay live on Facebook or stay posted on Facebook. Um, Probably tomorrow evening, we will be posting it to all of the podcast platforms. So if you want to take us with you at some point in time, just subscribe to the Shooter's Mindset on pretty much anybody that has podcasts. We're on there. And eventually we will all end up on YouTube. So if you're looking for a, a good place to catch some of our older 364 other episodes, check us out there.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of episodes. I get to think about, it. and then I'm like, I haven't been doing this this long, and then I'm like, I've been doing this seven years. It's a lot. Anyway, I bet awesome. everybody's sick of hearing my mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's talk about consumer optics in general. Like, what do you think is the biggest groundbreaking change to optics in the last few years? Whether it was loophole or someone else, I mean, it doesn't. Just in general. What's the biggest improvement or groundbreaking change that's happened in optics?
1: Well, you're seeing a lot more electronics involved, which is, you know, some people like that, some people don't. Uh, But from a, you know, technology standpoint, that's one thing that's really been um, cool to watch within the industry. I would say the the level of optical design inside the scopes, uh, and, you know, specifically for us, I mean, just... You you take a scope from even ten years ago versus today and look at the difference you know how it performs optically out in the out in the world and it's it's crazy the amount of performance that we've been able to squeeze out of uh, out of that and there's there's some other cool technologies too on the horizon in the lens uh, realm <clears throat> that uh, uh, I can't talk about but uh, there there's some cool stuff coming that's going to optimize it even more so. Um, optics, I feel have, has been one of those things that is really, I would say in the last decade taken off, uh, especially, you know, uh, adjustment styles and reticle styles too. You know, uh, you look at reticles from 10 years ago versus now, you know, oh, nice. you go from a, from a mill dot to now we're shooting, you know, these, uh, super precise little reticles like the PR2. And, uh, uh, it's cool to see that evolution for sure.
3: So, what do you think? Like the next big ground-changing or groundbreaking idea is going to be, Brad?
1: You got any ideas on that? Install while I think about it for a moment. I'm,
2: yeah, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not the cool guy in marketing that hears all the cool stuff at uh, corporate. So, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they're they're always. I mean, that's one of the cool things about coming to work for loophole is learning about all the awesome stuff that happens in the background. I mean, we're a huge ship and it doesn't turn on a dime. Um, But when it does turn, like when things come out, you're like, wow, like, you know, things have really been thought through, you know, we have a team of engineers, it's all they're doing, just trying to push the envelope and um, you know, there's, there's always amazing things in the pipeline. So um, I don't think Nick's ready to, to to plop out any awesome uh
1: but well, yeah, I can't I can't give any specifics. Things. But wow. uh I, I think what you will see just in general in the, the shooting world going forward is just more products that work in cohesion with each other. So um that you have probably. an idea. What's that? I have an idea. Okay, what's that?
0: Do I get a cut of the um of the earnings if if y'all do it?
1: Uh, maybe My you get a quiz-
0: Glock wouldn't give me any uh well they didn't end up doing my idea I had an idea for Glock too but they didn't they didn't bite but for the optics after shooting mammoth and shooting directly into the sun at about 7am when I couldn't half see anything you know how glasses have that stuff where you walk outside and it makes it dark Mm. like turns to sunglasses. Put that on the glass on the front, and then if somebody doesn't have a sunshade, when it's so bright, it'll darken it a little bit so that you don't get blinded and have the sunbeam directly boring a hole in your eyeball. Or
2: you further could further just shoot a loophole.
1: <laughs> I was like, I was going to ask if it was a loophole scope or not. but It probably wasn't. <laughs> if
0: it's not why? What does loophole have that that fixes that?
1: I would, and you know we're obviously a little biased brad right um but
2: no no <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, take out t- you know get your buddies together and take out the scopes and take them the mid-morning uh or uh, take them the morning when the sun's coming up over the hill and point them into the sun and see what performs better i guarantee um we we've got some little tricks that we do and it's not just optics it's actually it's mechanical design within within the scope um, that lets you control the lights coming in uh, the glare control in there, and we do uh, a phenomenal job at that. So, um, I've seen some side by side, side by side comparisons. that have kind of blown me away at how much I'm able to see, even though the sun's coming straight uh, into my eye. So,
2: yeah, I mean that's something that we do, like glare management, and and same thing as low light uh, management training. Uh, we do we do often. We did it with an entire sales force um, back in June, June, and we had you know a wide range of of, of optics, um, ours versus competitors. And, and basically it was the coolest, you know, place It had a, a bit, there's a large Hill that the sun was coming directly over and, and you got to see it in the different light changing conditions. And, and I'll tell you, there were, there were scopes that, that I thought would perform very well that, um, I could not believe how early they washed out. Um, and then also there were several scopes that, you couldn't look through it because of that that uh blinding effect if you will it was bouncing off the internals of the scope um where the loopholes you know we managed that through all the different engineering um you know i don't know different engineering stuff that we put into the scope you know the, the voodoo the, magic voodoo ma- yeah the optical dudes, <laughs> magic. You
1: know,
2: super smart way more smart than me uh, you know do and and it's just wild when you go, when you, when you go through that and, and in the same lighting condition, you can go scope to scope to scope to scope and, and look and really see how it performs. You know, when you take one scope and you look at something and then two days later, you take a, another scope and look at something, it's really hard to compare, but when you put them all together and you can literally bounce from optic to optic, it's amazing what, what you can do.
0: Here's another idea. Get an adjustable lens that can sit right in front of the turret, so that those of us that are going blind um, can adjust it to our own eyes to be able to see it and not be blurry. If
3: we, fix if we, we fix that just, too. More
0: than others.
3: We're that speed dial. Speed dial. Yeah, yeah. It's written in like ninety-six point font.
2: Yeah, I'm. Pr- I'm pretty. Sure, I'm pretty sure the 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 point of this Jennifer is that you just need to buy more Mark Five. I mean, and then all issues are solved.
0: As soon as I get three kids out of college, I might. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then kids are they're cramping my style.
3: So, so sorry. In in the lives, at least two or three times people have said something along the line of they need a mill reticle in their 15 by 56 binus." So that's been said so many times I wanted to pass that one along. There
1: you oh go. yeah, we 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 know about that one. So we got we got something coming for that. So yeah.
0: <laughs> so loophole is always helping out with matches all over the country. Like I, we see y'all at Gap Grind, AG Cup. Um you sponsor a match for Prentice. Hello, Prentice. <laughs> I said your name, you can stop commenting. <laughs> You sponsor a batch for Prentice down in Texas. Um, So there's been tons of people in the comments just saying thank you for your support. So I think people appreciate, not just that y'all send product um, to put on the prize tables, you do do that. Um, We did have a recommendation that you have prize table scopes that are signed by the AG Cup champ, just saying, but-
1: Was that that from the AG Cup champ?
0: (laughs) It actually was not, it was not. It was from someone else, but um, but a lot of people have um, said thank you in here, because y'all actually go to a lot of the matches, and you're there. Like I said, with the scope cut in half, you have a table set up, and if people want to ask questions or, you know, find out about your scopes, I think people really appreciate that you're there, and they see a face, and they know y'all, um, and it just helps. Same with, you know, foundation with the truets you know people want to buy their stuff because they're there and you know Mm -hmm. they're nice and we get to know them so i think people really appreciate that y'all are there so all that being said what upcoming events do y'all have that is really exciting
1: well i i just want to say i i love hearing that feedback because i always felt like that was the way to approach this this community it was to be a part of it really i mean you can show up and i've i've seen companies show up but they aren't engaged in actually what's going on. And I was, I was always a proponent, I was like, if I'm gonna to go to something, I'm, well, I'm gonna shoot it too. Cause I feel like the community respects that more. And plus you get a good, I get a good basis for what works and what doesn't work cause I'm using it myself. Uh, so, uh, plus you get to hang out with really cool people. I mean, everyone here knows, you know, you. You squad with a, a group of, you know, nine other people. And by day two, you know, you're all like good friends. Right. And that's how that's how you meet people within the community. So um, I, I just love hanging out with people at the matches. Um, let's see. What, what do we have? We have uh, shoot with the pros coming up. I think that's in mid-March. Uh, that's going to be a cool thing. A twisted barrel um, kind of a uh, get to hang out with some top level shooters, pick their brains and work on your skills a little bit. Um, I really think
0: I can't go to that and like cover it because I think it's going to be such a cool event. So y'all have to take like a ton of pictures and post them <laughs> on Facebook or at least send them to me because I want to see because I'm so excited about this event.
2: I'm, it's I'm gonna excited. Be super awesome.
1: Yeah I'm excited too and I think I think there'll probably be more of this style event and uh, you know having having Tate and, and the crew put on something like this is awesome. Uh, let's see and then the the next thing yeah. after that I think is the uh, I'll be going to the Koenig Match there in uh, um, Grand Junction. Uh, so that that that's, uh, I went to that Astor and it was awesome. Uh, so I can't wait to see what they do this year. So, and, and I have a bunch of matches, other matches that I'll be going to. I'll, Barrel We're Maker, good. the Wheelers, yeah, I know that I'll be, I'll be we, will, we will
2: definitely be at the <laughs> Barrel Maker. We'll never miss it ever again. Um, well, I have I've only missed the first one, but that's it. Um, yeah. We also got the River. That's big another match. title title match that we've got, um, which is the same weekend as the Lilly's uh, Interall Hunter match. Um, so I guess those are the the big. One. Oh, and uh, Best in Texas.
1: Yep. Yeah, oh, Best in Texas. Our, our, our other title, title match. Best in Texas too. Yeah. So you know, for you know, uh, and again, shout out the Prentice and you know Josh Bandy there at Pig River. Those are two ranges that not only do we title sponsor the matches, but we partner with the ranges too to make them kind of like official loophole ranges so uh they're great partners within the industry big
0: river is a gorgeous gorgeous
1: range. it's a gorgeous place josh runs a hell of a match out there i mean you you can he's so put together everything is like you know it was like don't don't walk on the grass until like match day you know like everything's like super refined so yeah
2: And if y'all haven't made out to uh, twisted barrel yet, man, that place is just coming along. Every time I go out, I was out there this morning, uh, getting some, some rifles ready. And man, those guys are like, they're working their butt off and it's, that place is amazing. And every day it gets better and better. So there's going to be some awesome stuff coming over there.
0: That's awesome. I think part of, um, y'all's success I mean it's awesome scopes but I think to get into PRS if you don't come and like get to know the people people will be like I mean because it, like it, not that we're clickish, but everybody ha- has to vet things and trust them before they'll just go buy them they're not going to just go buy something that they don't know and yeah. so in order to really get into this community, you have to kind of become a part of it and become trusted, right? So everybody can be like, okay, okay, we can trust him, you know, and until then, it's kind of hard to break in. So I think that y'all being out there really is a big reason why y'all have had the success y'all had in the PRS. I
1: I think that and then combined too with the pro team, like we have probably, I'm getting unbiased, but (laughs) I think we have the best team out there and not, not just and not just racking up W's, but I am just mean people in general. Like the shooters that we have are the type of shooters who give back to the community. They're going to take time when there's new shooters, you know, help them along. And uh, they do us a huge service in representing the brand uh, out at these matches when, you know, Brad and I can't be there. I know we're going to have a couple of our shooters, you know, there, and they're going to do a phenomenal job. Uh, so, and it, it, we just keep growing the family. So I'm excited for what we're doing this year with the team for sure.
3: Yeah. You guys do have a bunch of awesome people in your, in your family, uh, Clay Blackwater said, in case you guys are curious, he's gotten over the plague that you guys laced the jacket with and he still wears it
2: every day. It's not us. It was not our fault. It was he, not our fault.
1: He's a shot show and he blames me
0: for getting him sick. Oh, come on. <laughs> of course it was obviously impro- hey i got sick too and i saw y'all maybe it was y'all's fault for that
1: well yeah but you didn't we were at dinner and he was waiting for the uber and he, he, it was like super cool i mean it's the desert at night and i i had an extra jacket yeah right I had an extra jacket so i gave him my jacket so that's that's where that came
2: from so, so he blames he blames his his rona plague on the jacket
1: so
0: nick this is what you learned no good
1: deed goes unpunished. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad he survived. I'm glad he's feeling better. So, I, I, if it was me, Clay, I do feel bad. So, yeah.
3: <laughs> so, speaking speaking of wins, are there a lot of wins with uh, loophole optics?
1: Brad, you're the stats guy, so. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's there's quite a few. There's quite a few. Uh, I'll say in the PRS, uh, we were the most winning us optic reticle, whatever you want to call it. uh, In the PRS was 16 wins last year, Um, the next 10. So and then it drops off significantly from there. So, um, you know, I I think, you know, numbers don't always speak, but but that that stat really speaks. Um, It was it was significant. You know, a lot goes to the pro team. It's not all about the equipment. Um, but it certainly doesn't, doesn't hurt, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and not to mention top fives, top tens. I mean, there was was a huge amount of those too. Oh yeah. I got that too. Yeah. 16 wins. I mean, that's, that's domination. And it like a lot of how these people came on to the team is, you know, they want to try out a scope and I'd let them try a scope with no strings attached because as top level shooters, you don't want to run something that's not going to make you successful in the field. And I want them to be confident in the product that they're running. So, um, but I think that's then <laughs> that's uh, easily reflected in the uh, the W's there. So,
3: that is those are some impressive impressive stats. Um, so we've kind of t- we've talked a lot about the scopes, but there's a lot of other stuff. Um, we had a Team Vortex shooter over in the comments talking about how awesome the sunglasses are a couple minutes ago. So we'll go back to those. Those are really sweet. You know, my little microfiber that hangs from both of my backpacks with y'all's name on it is awesome. I got my nice little, little dry bag. Um, I think it's just like the classiest dry bag. Like, I've never seen a dry bag that has class to it.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we, but so, you know, we, we're loophole's not like a lifestyle brand, but we have a lot of accessories that are, are kind of going down that path. And the, the eyewear is interesting because I was. I was skeptical myself when we first came out with it uh, because I was like, sunglasses, like, why why are we doing this? But then, like you said, Greg, like, I try to pair on and I was, I'm a sunglass knob too. And uh, I was blown away by the performance and how comfortable they were. So that's been cool to see. I do have to say it brings a smile to my face when I go to matches and see Vortex shooters and other shooters like that wearing (laughs) LoopHole sunglasses. Um, I I, I love that. Uh, But you know, the other accessories we're coming out with are also really there's a new Mark V tripod actually that's coming out. So that's a uh, little little tip there. Um what else do we have? We have some new there's some new jackets, the new outerwear. The un uh the unrona jacket that you know not, not the one I gave Clay, but you can actually get a new one. Not out.
0: the infected one. Yeah, not
1: the infected. Yeah.
0: One. Thank
2: you. Comes without uh, the plague.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, without the plague. So there's a bunch of new outerwear on the website too. Uh, that's really like technical, nice outerwear as well. Uh, so the uh, uh, our, our product line manager who heads up the accessory stuff has doing, been doing a really good job.
2: They've done an amazing job. The outer, the jackets are out, they're out of this world. Y'all really check them out. Like even the t shirts
1: even the t shirts, like how they fit and like the material they're made out of. It's like so we're premium scope manufacturer and everything has to be premium throughout the line so and that's carried into the accessories as well it's all about performance
0: do you have ladies cut
1: we do we have ladies uh, a couple of ladies cut sweatshirts t-shirts and then there's some more stuff that will be coming on the site uh, in the semi near future so yeah. <laughs> so
0: many times like i go to the prize table and you know when I get to the end and there's like stickers and t-shirts left and all the t-shirts are extra large and I'm like I know I gained weight, but can we have <laughs> no, we, some girl sizes on there, please?
1: Yeah, we did not forget about the ladies. We have ladies' apparel too. So yeah.
3: Uh, Kent Rush wants to know if the outerwear comes in big boy sizes.
1: If the what comes in big boy sizes?
2: Outerwear, the jackets.
1: Oh, uh, I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ken, Ken's a big dude. Uh, 3XL. Yeah. I think there's three XLs on there. So
2: yeah, there are. Yeah. Um
3: so backing up to the uh, the Mark V for a second and, and wins and everything, Ken Wheeler said there's something really important that you guys forgot about it. Oh, damn. That it fits perfectly into the production class threshold.
1: <clears throat> That's true. Mr. Production Class there. So, yeah. Um, big it, W. Thanks.
2: The big W this past weekend. Got a
1: W this weekend at MVT. Yeah, bomber run. Yeah. Um, Shooting Mark V. So, um, yeah, it does. It, it meets the production class. Uh, I mean, and let's just not talk about production class. I mean, like when we talk about getting into a premium level scope, being able to get a, a Mark 5, 5 to 25 with a PR2 for 2000 bucks, it's actually like the best deal value out there as well, I would say in the uh, premium scope world. So, but yes, it does qualify for production as well.
3: So Jose wants to know if the Tan Mark 5 will be available to the general public.
1: I, no plans to make it public right now can't say yay or nay in the future but uh I do not control that decision I would you know we'll, we'll see so yeah I I want one I'm trying to I'm trying to sneak one away and have them stick a PR2 in it but they haven't done it for me yet so me too <laughs> no uh, so yeah those ones are military only at the moment we'll see we'll see uh, what
3: happens I'm, I'm sure you guys can figure out a way to get like a, a, a limited be like oh come on a hundred of them a hundred of them just paint it
1: yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we don't yeah. do limited <laughs> yeah
3: warranty parks are real fun with that yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: When, when they got contracts to fill and then they're like well nick wants one they're like no oh, too bad no one cares yeah <laughs>
0: Hey, um, I like these ladies things. I like the performance hoodie. I'm sorry, I'm shopping, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: putting your putting her list together. Yeah.
0: There I was go. like, hey, look at this.
3: this say, nice. every, every time I see Brad now, I tell him I'm gonna steal one of his shirts. Nice
2: that's picture. cool. You got I got we have a trade-in program. I told you all about it. <laughs> right? You I, give me and I give you. It's,
3: I, I, I give you a hat. You give me a shirt.
2: That, that's fine. I got a lot of hats. That's I got a lot of shirts, bro. I uh, you got wait, hoodies. Wait, got, are you
0: taking used hats for shirts?
2: Well, yeah, as long as they're the you know there's stipulations to said trade-in program, but no problem. If I've got if I've got them in a match, just find them, find me. I, I'll I got I'll take care of it.
1: Greg, Greg, read the fine print, please, before you read anything. Oh, I know I what
2: the fine
3: print, print is.
0: I know
2: exactly what the fine print is. <laughs> I it
0: feel like, like you're true. making a deal with the devil.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's <a> trade-in program. <laughs> um,
0: Brad's been yeah. working hard.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Jeff wants to know, um, when will the Mark Five speed dials be available?
1: So we made 100 of them. They sold out. I think in the first day on the website and they're making more, I believe, next week. So uh, that's uh, why you don't do
0: limited edition, right? Because it,
1: have... it was it was just a small work order the first time they ran them through. So uh, they're making more right now. So it should be soon. Yeah. Uh
3: Kent wants to know what he could trade some cheesecake in for, Brad.
2: Uh uh Kent Rush. hmm Oh he, man, those I hear some. Well, actually I had a taste at AG Cup and holy moly. He can trade a lot for those things, man. His his wife can cook. Is that
1: is that Mark five worthy cheesecake. You can trade some uh, cheesecake, bro. I'm telling
2: you, it's yeah, pretty it's good. Pretty huh? damn good. It's pretty damn good.
1: I don't want. I don't want to have to, to have you explain that to the bosses. What you do? Yeah, them. No, I I'd you try just to figure bring the slice. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we got. I got some cheesecake. <laughs> Be like, but it was cheesecake. It was yeah, a lot mostly, of
0: cheesecake. And by the way, <laughs> I need larger shirts now.
2: <laughs> yeah, at like 7 a.m., uh, Justin Watts comes in with a tray of, uh, of cupcakes and that's what I ate for <laughs> breakfast and then went into like a <laughs> conatatic state or whatever, you know, comatose. So it was really good though.
0: Pretty good. So what is new this year for Leupold? what What's coming? What can we expect? Um, anything new, breaking, you can break on the show, products. Or are there any new matches or
1: anything? Um, well, uh, that new Mark V tripod, that will be coming semi-soon. That's really the big next thing uh, that we have coming. There will be a lot of new stuff <clears throat> starting uh, January next year. So like the SHOT Show reveal and stuff like that. I got There's, there's going to be some cool stuff next year for sure. Um, nothing really in, in the interim that I can talk about at this moment. Uh, but we're, we're always innovating, always working on cool new stuff. Um, and yeah, and just, uh, yeah, we're, we're putting together our, our plans for what matches to be at and stuff this year. So, um, just, just keep hammering with that Mark five with the PR two it's, um, uh, there's, um, th- there's, there's some little tweaks that, you know, we've gotten some feedback about how to change that scope, but it's like, it's like 99% there. I mean that, uh, and it, it does everything that, uh, I think the precision rifle world needs it to do. So, yeah. I don't know, Brad. Anything else?
2: No, I mean you're, you're the one that can talk about that. I'm just the I'm just the sales guy.
0: Just uh, the grunt. <laughs> well, you know when you're ready to leak something, you can always call oh, up yeah. friends on the sheer and yeah. leak it here.
1: Well, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really like idea. my
2: job. Like I, I just can't screw this up. Okay, so that's what I, <laughs> I, I, I'm biting my tongue off right now. But we always have awesome stuff in the pipeline. Our guys work super super hard. An amazing team so that's what i'm
0: saying though when it's time to release it just phone a friend
1: Yep. i was i was over i was over today in the engineering department i like to walk around because they have solid works up on their screens and they have different you know models of stuff i was like what's uh what's that oh what's that so there's there's some cool stuff
3: Oh, you guys get teased a good cat. I'm jealous. I miss all uh, of you know,
1: Yeah.
0: Come and tour your engineering department and be like, oh, I'll sign an NDA. I'm just curious now. <laughs> yeah,
1: <that's> <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> oh, that actually one thing uh, I I'm working on just kind of, uh, you know, that does pertain to the engineering and the protein and stuff. Um, we are going to have kind of a a, a expert feedback. So getting the the Pro team like involved in the products kind of making themselves so kind of tightening that loop between the pro shooters and the product team so that's one thing i'm doing right now so and and you know you'll see stuff you know down the road that uh it's going to it's going to help product along right so uh, i think taking those insights that our pro shooters have is super important and getting them uh face to face with those uh product line managers so yeah
0: Um, are there any more lives, Greg?
1: Uh, Kenneth
3: James' wife has, uh, already volunteered to cook for Brad when he comes up to Wisconsin.
2: My man.
0: (laughs) He's excited. He just made his day.
2: Hey, fat guy likes to eat, man. I'm telling you.
0: We all like to eat. Any other lives, Greg?
3: We are good on the live side of things.
0: All right. Well, at that, I think we can wind it down to shout outs. Awesome. Greg, you usually start.
3: Cool. I'm unmuted this time. I'd like to start out by shouting out to GSL suppressors. Um, it makes my little 22 make real quiet little pew pews. Uh, Shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta, our local indoor and outdoor ranges. Mm-hmm. EDC Custom for the most beautiful rifle chassis known to man. They're available in lime green and other normal human colors. Uh, Shooters World Powder. Um, it's been a while since I've shot center fire and I'm just realizing you had to do that thing where you put everything all together again. But the good news is they have powder in stock, especially at Shooters of Augusta. So it's one thing that you don't have to like fight zombies or whatever to find. Um, Hunter's HD Gold because I'm super blind and that helps out, helps out a lot and uh, Fix It Sticks so that you can fix your pew sticks.
0: Fix your pew sticks. <laughs> I'm not make you their spokesman for that. Um, such a good, catchy thing. We'll go with Brad next. Do you have any shout outs, Brad? And
2: the, the only shout outs I got is uh, is the, the community. Um, you know, super awesome year last year, you know, rolling into this year. It's been super awesome. You know, everybody's been um, super welcoming. And, you know, it's been great to meet, you know, new people out there. And, and we just appreciate the support, um, you know, whether whether you use our stuff or you don't. You know, I've had a lot of people come up to us and, you know, just thank us for, for what we do. And, and you know, we, we appreciate you. So, um, you know, that's, that, that's the shout out I
1: got.
0: All right, Nick.
1: Is that too cheesy to give you guys the shout out? Because I, I just appreciate you guys, um, you know, being a great resource for information uh, for for shooters and stuff like that and helping, you know, build the community and, and stuff like that. So you guys get the shout out.
0: Well, thank you. That's what thank we want to do. <laughs> we just, I, everybody's always like, what do you get for doing that? I'm like, well, not, not much, but... <laughs> um it's fun and i've learned so much doing this show and getting to sit here and talk and um, pick the brains of people in the industry and you know you learn a lot and make a lot of connections which is fun so it's very fun to to do all of it so i appreciate it i'll
3: say the and, the, the biggest thing i get out of doing the show is when both of these guys email me their cell phone numbers in the uh in their email signature so when i would probably be like hey buddy so I'm
2: out here at the range and call me anytime yeah, we, we, we don't hide.
0: <laughs> it is nice to know people and different companies and be able to ask questions and all, but I mean, and we love getting it out there. Like I know when I first started, I didn't know a lot. So, you know, for people that maybe aren't at every match to be able to know all these things, it's nice to be able to get the information out um, to help grow this sport because we want it to grow and keep going and I want it to be huge. I want it to be on the Olympics one day. There no, you That's too much comfort. <laughs> they could screw up a tar- two-car funeral, I swear. <laughs> anyway. um, well, my shout outs are just to y'all for coming and spending, what, two hours of your Tuesday night. I know y'all have other things that you could be doing and, you know, kids to, and wives to see and all that. And you spent your evening with us. So, We appreciate that y'all came on and did this and um, I'm not kidding. If y'all have anything that you want to get the word out about, just hit us up and we'll get you on again to talk about it. And uh, so we just appreciate what y'all do to grow the sport too. So
1: well, thank you very much. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, it was fun. We always have a good time. And with that, it'll be a wrap for episode 367 and we'll see y'all next week.